0: All right, so we, uh, we got Jordan here today from the shop, finally. We've been wanting to get her in for a while. She's kind of a wealth of knowledge, and today's a good episode to have her on because we're talking about nutrition and how it's tied to behavior. Like I said on my first episode of the season, is I have, uh, I'll have Juniper here uh, during the episode, so you might hear barking or... Uh, <laughs> bone crunching she's got a duck neck right now and then jordan has her two dogs here today two of her four yeah four dogs right now so you probably won't hear much from them they're well behaved but anyway so yeah we wanted to have jordan on today just talk about like just nutrition and and how behavior is linked i think a lot of people don't correlate these two very much and we we see this in the shop all the time is um Nutrition and behavior are actually extremely, extremely linked. Uh, they, you know, they, they definitely affect each other, and that's actually scientifically backed. But we have a lot of people that come into shop, and this is one of the first things they notice when their dogs transition to raw food. They transition from, from uh, extremely processed uh, dry food into raw food. Is, it's just behavior. There's a communication pathway, actually, if you didn't know this, between your gut and the, your gut's microbiome and your brain. Um, so your gut is actually directly affected by by what you eat. Some people may have heard that the, the gut is referred to as a second brain because it contains a bunch of, of beneficial bugs and chemicals, so probiotics and chemicals that affect energy and mood and happiness and trainability. So this is another reason why we want to have Jordan on this episode is because a lot of trainers preferred dogs being fed, you know, eat some sort of fresh food, whether it's raw, mm-hmm. lightly cooked, or even a portion, if not all, um, because they see it. They, they might not understand why it's happening, but they see how, you know, these dogs that are fed raw diets or dogs that are, you know, fed real food um, are way more trainable. Is that true statement?
2: Yeah, <laughs> I would say they're definitely more receptive to training for sure. Yeah. And just overall mood, um, like I joke, uh, energy is everything. Um, And Uh, I think when you're in the right state of mind, whether it be people, dogs, whatever, you're going to be much more receptive to whatever is going on in your environment. So if you're learning a new skill, if you're, you know, new behavior, whatever it may be, I think, you know, when you're set up for success beforehand, um, it makes it much more easier from there going on.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. It gives you, like, it gives them the foundation and there's there's a lot of studies, and I I don't want to just start rattling off studies here, um, <laughs> but I'm going to anyways. But there's a lot of studies that show this, like you know, this isn't just like a theory I have that that nutrition is is connected to behavior. There's actually a book called Feeding Dogs. A lot of people, a lot of the listeners might have heard of this book. It's by Dr. Connor Brady, but he actually has a whole section in his book about just this this link between nutrition and behavior. And there's a lot of aspects to it. So Dr. Conrad Brady has a lot of citations in these in this book. So it's it's very well versed, very well backed by scientific studies. But there's a lot of studies in this book that show how the microbiome um, or disruptions to the gut flora, or the microbiome in the gut, has a negative psychological um, can't have a negative psychological psychological uh, consequence in literally every animal that was studied. So this includes includes dogs as well. So you are what you eat, or you're at least a victim of what you eat. Absolutely. It's
2: I was thinking appetite too. Yeah. That was the other thing that came to mind for me is mm-hmm. when they're eating fresh food, whole food, species appropriate diet, whatever you want to call it, their appetite and their metabolism is going to be more correct. Yeah. Um, so I think that and it's in itself is good. Um, and then
0: they're like more satiated. Yeah, when and it's
2: yeah, thing. it's more yeah. appropriate. And then say when you want to introduce something to them, you know, a dog that's used to a primarily processed diet, I tend to find are going to be much quote-unquote pickier. And I think it's just because it's almost like, they're just – they've been coated with the processedness. Well, they're, um, carb,
0: they're carb junkies. They're, yeah, they're to sugar. Yeah, like and
2: it's season. just yeah. – yeah, we talk about it all the time. Like the insulin, constant spiking in insulin, things yep. like that. It's just then the sleeping is off. The whole the whole cycle can then be off from there. Um, yeah. So I think it all goes together. This
0: is – I'm kind of going to skip around a little bit, but what yeah. you're talking about I think is the most important part about the difference between, between kibble and, and – Raw food, yeah, and you've heard me say this in the shop all the time. But like when you feed dogs kibble, it's like it's like it's because it's, it's predominantly carbohydrates. Yep. Uh, when you feed a dog carb like you know processed food or, or kibble, it's forty to sixty percent carbohydrates, right? So I always say it's like it's like throwing kindling on a fire, and you're just watching it just. Poof. So these dogs are just spiking and crashing, spiking and crashing mm-hmm. all day, which creates irritability and mm-hmm. anxiousness and mm-hmm. anxiety, which turns mm-hmm. to aggression. Yep. Right, and then. On the other side of the spectrum, you have raw food or feeding fresh food, and you have, it's like um, it's like throwing an oak log on the fire, and you just have this nice, slow, mm-hmm. sustained burn, yeah. sustained energy all yeah. day, appropriate energy, appropriate energy, yeah. Um,
2: sleeping better and then being able to have more vibrant energy when they are out doing things.
0: Yeah, and the, and the whole kind of, th- you know, I and I've talked about this on the podcast the previous season, like ad nauseum, but. You know, cereal-based pet food or kibble is obviously high in carbohydrates, which means it's just very rapid digestion. Yeah. Um, it's a high glycemic food. So what yeah. happens is this food, is this kibble, these carbohydrates are just converted to sugar in the body. And that's just being rapidly injected into the bloodstream. Studies show that there is there's a decrease in their ability to remember tasks.
2: I believe that. S- sustained
0: attention. Yeah. Uh, there's a notable, noticeable increase in stress levels and negative behaviors. And I you you'll see this. Like yeah. people talk about this all the time. As soon as the dog transitioned to to to, you know, raw food, it's yeah. like I have a completely different dog now.
2: Well, I even think about it for myself too. Like, not that I eat a super clean diet or anything. I'm conscious of when I eat more processed food, I know in that moment, it tastes good. I'm yeah. like, yes, let's yeah. get down. I'm ready, yep. whatever. Then that 30, 45 minutes set in and I'm like all of a sudden I'm just like I in a daze. That. Yeah. No, I'm just like total brain fog. Okay. It's like I almost like I don't know if I'm like tired or what, then I feel like I can't get up after that. Yeah. And you just I'm like stuck. You yeah. know what I mean? No, um I, I and do. I feel yeah. like some and it's the same thing like for our dogs as well, when they're eating a primarily processed high carbohydrate diet, are they surviving? Sure. And like we've talked about even AFCO, like AFCO standards, that's just going to keep your dog alive. Like, they're literally, they, what they have done over the years have kept dog alive. That's it. Um, But now we're like, okay, we have the ability to go to, like, another level. And even if it's, we tell people, moisture and variety. That's our two big things. If you're introducing those two things to your dogs, you're even, you're doing, you know, a good head start. Stop guessing what's
1: being added to your pet's food. Feed your pet food made from the freshest and healthiest ingredients found in Steve's Real Food.
0: Every Steve's formula is pH balanced and uses only 100% natural, high-quality USDA-inspected free-range meats and unprocessed whole and functional foods. Steve doesn't contain any synthetic supplements or ingredients that can't be identified on the ingredient label. Plus, it's loaded with beneficial bacteria from goat milk. See how much better your pet will feel after just a few weeks on Steve's Real Food. Find out more in the podcast show notes.
2: But yeah, I think in my experience, dogs, it's more drastic when you see dogs go from like kibble to then raw, especially going full raw, um, that transition. But even when you see people start to incorporate it, specifically speaking, even my brother, my Irish brother recently has an older rescue dog. Eight years old now, I want to say. Is
0: this, um, uh, Zai. Zai.
2: Yeah, and was eating Purina, whatever, Pro Plan, mm-hmm. yeah. and some canned food. So he was yeah. at least doing some moisture. Yeah. So I was like, that's you know more than most people do. I feel right. like. But I just told him one day was like we hadn't got together in a while, hadn't really talked about it, and then finally we were like, hey, you should just feed him, you know, some raw food, and he's like. Okay, just like tell me what to do. Um, So he (laughs) stopped in the shop. Honestly, yeah, no, and that always
0: turns to to feeding dogs.
2: (laughs) No, it's it's insane. We can never stay away from the dog conversations, no matter what it entails. But he jumped in, started feeding Steve's, doing patties, um, and within a few weeks, he was like a noticeable difference. Yeah, better appetite, looking forward to eating his food. He was already a good eater before. But just more excited to eat his food, pooping less. Yep. Um,
0: all the all the big benefits. Uh,
2: slimming down just a little bit. Like, he was already at a good weight, but just a little bit more, you know, appropriate. You'll see a lot of dogs lose a lot of, like, water weight, stuff like that. Um, yes. You'll start to see a little bit more muscle definition. But, yeah, it's just really exciting. I feel like this is why we do it. Like, we – sure, yes, it's a business at the end of the day. But – that's not why you got into it. No, no. and no. that's not why I started coming to the shop. I wasn't like, oh, I want to manage a pet store. Yeah. Um, I was like, I want to talk to people about dogs all day, yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly nutrition. what I do. Because you see oh. it with
0: your own dogs, and you yeah. just want to, you want to share it with the world. You know, scream it from the top of a mountain. Well,
2: exactly. And I feel like you know, dogs have been either hobby or something I've done professionally for a long time, and. I've done sports, I've done pet dog training, I've done a lot of different things. I just kind of came down to it and was like, you know what, not everybody has to train their dog, but everybody has to feed them. So yes. if we can start there... Well,
0: I think everyone should train their dog, I, but not everyone does is what you're
2: saying. And not everybody has to, <laughs> you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Maybe if you like, you live out on a farm and you do whatever and you just like, you have a good dog... Um, not everybody has problem dogs, but right. I feel like there is some foundational things everybody should at least know sure. for sure.
0: Well, we'll talk about that in our next episode. But you know, going back to the the nutrition aspect of it, um, you know, they, there's a lot of studies too, just showing that adding probiotics, so even if you're feeding a dry food, adding probiotics, huge. you know, since so beneficial huge. bugs yep. are going to have a huge impact on their behavior. Um, Gussy guts. Gussy gut. Yeah, the new Steve's uh, gut health bites. My dogs love these things.
2: Well, and it's I think the way that they, they kind of advertise it as, like, a topper or a good, like, something to use in a transition, I think that's really great. But yeah. I do think the, no matter what diet, I do think, like, the pre and probiotic right. is really something that should be always incorporated. Going back to, like, the gut microbiome, that being the second brain, like, when you have that correct balance going on, Everything else that can then work at maximum capacity.
0: Well yeah, it's it's there's a lot of diseases. I mean the root the root cause of most diseases is, is you know, inflammation, right? Which 100 oh, percent dysbiosis in the gut. 100%. But the big thing, you know, with the probiotics and the diet, I mean this is the crazy thing to me is that it's a really important point. There's a lot of people, including, you know, in my opinion, a large amount of veterinarians. I don't know if they're just choosing to ignore or simply just don't realize um, that you don't want to eat sterile food. Like sterile food is not a good thing to eat.
2: Right. If it doesn't rot, it ain't right.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I saw yeah. that. <laughs>
0: like uh, country, yeah, country crocker, <laughs> You know, like the butter that flies don't even touch because it's yeah. not butter. It's like a, it's a molecule not... away from plastic, right? Right. Well, this uh, and that's why it tastes
2: so good. That's
0: what. Yeah. It's that that I don't it's know. That what crack. They put in crack. MSG or something. MSG. But, uh, you know, the the kibble companies actually brag about how sterile their foods are or how void of life their their food is, which actually um, pathogenically speaking isn't true because 90% of the recalls come from dry pet food. But And I love um, when pet
2: owners do their own research and then they find that out and then yeah. they're like, holy oh. shit. Yeah,
0: I'm actually at more risk of feeding kibble than raw. The vets uh, are
2: actually <laughs> telling, but, it's like such a contradicting statement yeah. because then when you bring up raw, they're going to be like, don't do it because of salmonella. Yeah. And you're like, Wait, but look at all the recalls in the yeah. last 10 years.
0: Yeah, look at the FDA enforcement reports. But it's just crazy <laughs> that, like, the, the, the kibble companies, like, brag about having sterile food. Yeah. And then you have the other side of the spectrum, you know, like Steve's and Northwest Naturals and, and Answer Solutions. Yeah. And they're they're bragging. They, they proudly state that their food contains life. Yeah. Like, their food contains that healthy bacteria that yeah. is probiotics. Yeah. Like, if you don't or, have that in your diet, you're screwed. Like, you're yeah. done.
2: Even honestly, something I never really thought of until very, very recently, I was talking with Teresa from the Cake Hound about her dog. He used to be eating a dry food, whatever. I was looking into the ingredients, and it's the limited ingredient. And you're thinking, great, limited ingredient, less chance of things being messed up, whatever. Then I'm listening to a podcast um, with Dr. Judy Morgan, like later on, whatever. She's talking about how any diet, no matter what it is, needs to have at least 12 to 20 ingredients in order to be able to cover everything that your dog needs nutritionally. So then I'm like, dang, all those limited ingredient diets that are like turkey, sweet potato, and brown rice, it's like that's actually not enough for your dog or everything that they're putting in there is all artificial. It's just synthetic. It's all artificial, which isn't as bioavailable.
0: Potatoes usually as like a base, and then yeah, a bunch of synthetics.
2: Right, into, uh, and yeah. it's all, like, all supplement, you know, artificial this vitamin, whatever. And then when it's in an artificial state, we know that dogs aren't even going to absorb as much as they need to because their body's like, oh, I think this is what I need: vitamin E, whatever. Yeah, they're going to try their yeah. best.
0: There, this actually brings me to another a good point about just like the denature the. De- denaturization of, of protein and how that disrupts it disrupts their digestion absolutely um, which can throw off their the, you know their gut the microbiome pH. It, it throws off the pH it slows their digest, digestion down which um, brings more a, a different I guess different kinds of bacteria into their to their microbiome
2: improper bacteria exactly
0: so um, obviously when when I when I say denatured protein um, when, when proteins are cooked at extremely high levels, high temperatures multiple times, it, it changes the, the structure of the protein on a molecular level, and the body doesn't recognize it. No. It doesn't know what to do with it. And so it's harder for the, the dog to not only break down, but also utilize.
3: This is Dr. Jim Carlson. We look forward to seeing you at Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. Our friendly professional team helps us offer your pet conventional medicine, surgery, and dentistry as well as integrative options like acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine, Chinese herbal medicine, homeopathy, cold laser therapy, pulsed magnetic therapy, and ozone. We have recently added PRP, platelet-rich plasma, and stem cell therapies. These new therapies increase our philosophy of regenerative medicine and are often used for arthritic conditions but have many other uses as well. We are strong believers in the use of wholesome, fresh foods and raw foods, since healthy diet probably accounts for 75% of your pet's health. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or the web at www.lifetimepetwanness.com or call 614-888-2100.
0: Another issue, another problem with, with, I don't know, with with dry food that is extremely important when it comes to behavior is those fatty acids. Those omega-3 fatty acids, EPA, DHA,
3: mm-hmm.
0: they're so important for cognitive health. I think a lot of people are kind of exposed to these at like the like, you go to the grocery store, right? You see like milk for kids that's like uh, it's like supplemented with DHA mm-hmm. because they know how important it is and what how important the effect is on kids having that in their diet, just as far as them learning new things and. Uh, I guess, learnability. But what's crazy is that one out of four of the best-selling kibbles that were tested contain zero to insufficient amounts of EPA and DHA.
2: Or it's incorrect balance, too. It's incorrect like balance. Like, they or, they allow an insane amount of, like, omega-3s to omega six, which should be, like, a pretty close balance, yeah. and they allow, like, a 30 to 1 ratio or something crazy like so that. So really high where in omega-6s
0: it, is and, yeah. and not high enough in omega-3s.
2: Because there's certain things that need to balance each other yeah. out or well, they're using improper balance.
0: Using copious amounts of. Of plant matter because uh, yeah. it's cheap,
2: or even um, like proteins and fats, like they yeah. need to be properly balanced too, or they start to like cancel each other out.
0: They did a there's a study done on German shepherds that showed that just di- they were yeah, fed yeah. diets that were higher. These diets, these you know processed food diets, that were high in make sixes, and their their behavior changed. They became stressed. They became aggressive. Um, had yeah. a decrease in in learning ability. Mm-hmm. So again, fats are really and the thing about fats too is storage so i always talk about omega-3s and storage yeah, but it's
2: proper fats also i feel like this is always where it's like you can't just say fats because it's not like
0: yeah you can't feed because
2: you oil. could argue yeah you could argue yeah. like oh most most brands use what they call mixed tocopherols which is just mm-hmm. vegetable oil as a preservative like yeah. is that a fat technically yeah. Sure. So you have to be careful because then we get into the whole like pancreatitis and that kind of stuff. But proper healthy fats, I feel like, yes, that's the dog's number one source of fuel.
0: Yeah. And making sure they have a healthy source of omega-3s because um, they're so important for so many different reasons. For, for managing inflammation, for uh, cognitive health, yep. joint Back health, to the all these things.
2: Stuff. Yep. Um,
0: but also storage, it's impossible for kibble to actually preserve omega-3s because they're so fragile they mm-hmm. oxidize so easily yeah um and a lot of these kibbles aren't being stored at like cool temperatures they yeah. just in warehouses absolutely in hot summer days and they're not temperature controlled so yeah. this is why i always promote supplementing with omega-3s so yeah there's actually a study i don't have it with me but there's i remember reading a study about how the longest oh it's through the uh, the dog risk study of dr annie bjorkman but they found that dogs that are fed raw diets and then supplemented with omega-3s for the longest living dogs
2: i believe that yeah most in my experience from what i've learned of like omega-3s of course you have to be careful like you you don't want to overdo it by any means but there's going to be certain dogs and certain breeds that are prone to needing extra and Even a personal dog, Arthur, he he needs up to like what they call a therapeutic dose, which is basic (laughs) basically double the recommended dose of omega threes because he just needs it so much that you have to like double down.
0: He needs a therapeutic Um, dose of like everything.
2: We're we're still getting down to the root (laughs) of it. Okay. We're working (laughs) on it. He's our he's our problem child. But I feel like to me, he's a perfect example of there is a lot to learn one and there's a lot to be aware of and it can be many 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 things that can contribute to different deficiencies in malabsorption and things like that and there can be a lot more going on on the inside like when it's happening on the outside that means it's really really going on on the inside so i think that you know that's something to think about is like a lot of times we aren't really worried about it until it becomes symptomatic on the outside but a lot of times once we see it it's like there's there's something oh, yeah. definitely been going on for a while
0: yeah like i give i give both mozzie and foxy um i like to use the adored beast this isn't like a, a yes it is a promotion for them uh but we worship them yeah we do so i I'm told curious. tracy that oh yeah she's fantastic <laughs> I, I couldn't think
2: of but, any other word
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's just the sweetest lady ever um, the nicest person and seriously. also super knowledgeable but um we need Star to have them genes. come out.
2: When we get famous, we're gonna have them come to the shop. Yeah,
0: we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Baby steps, like Arthur. So, oh, so the promoting the uh, potency omega three. Oh is, yeah, is an awesome omega three source. Yeah. It's actually they source out of uh, algae. No. Um, yep. Algae, yes, yeah, yep. algae based. But sustainably higher, farmed. Sustainably farmed, and so you don't have to. Worry, you also don't have to worry about toxins like what you do from like fish oil mm-hmm. and heavy metal contamination mm-hmm. and things like that. But what's cool about it is it's actually higher in EPA and DHA than. Fish oil. So those really important fatty acids your dogs need. Yeah. So my dogs, so like June, you know, she eats raw food, obviously, and only raw food. But she's, I still supplement her with, uh, with the Potency. Yeah. Mozzie, same thing. Yeah. You know, older guy, mm-hmm. just to, uh, you know, just for inflammation and keep his cognitive health uh, yeah. in check. So it's more preventative, like you are saying.
2: Absolutely. Well, and it has but to yeah. be.
0: Well, yeah. It Don't always wait. has to be. Don't wait, right? It
2: always has. It Literally, it should always be preventative if we're doing it right. Um, Of course, there's going to be things that happen, and that's nature. But if we are always on the defense and we're making sure – or on the offense, however you want to look at it – making sure that we're taking care of our side of things um, and being proactive, then realistically we should really, really decrease the chance of any real illnesses and diseases and things like that. And I think exercise is underrated.
0: I did a whole episode about – well, that's not true. I didn't do a whole – is sleep and exercise and that balance.
2: Well, I was talking to the the folks from City Acre Coops, and he was talking about my – like your top five most important. And I honestly would say behind moisture and variety being regular exercise and something more than just walking, something that's going to get the dog going a little bit, heart rate pumping. Do your research. Find out what kind of things stimulate your dog – you would be really, really probably surprised to know how much even just different scents and things like that are very stimulating to dogs or just getting them out in the right environment, depending on what kind of dog that you have. But I think that as far as health and longevity and cognitive ability, things like that. and um, exercise. Exercise is so <laughs> yeah, underrated.
0: Yeah.
2: I had a lady that fed her dog Purina. Uh-huh. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Lab exercise the shit out of that dog Mm -hmm. Live to be 19 years old yeah 19 that's amazing and a lot of like sled dogs and stuff like that like even if they are fed like a higher processed diet because they have such a high amount of exercise
0: they're able to
2: drain their adrenals and all that kind of stuff and process it a little bit more correctly um not that it's like justifying it but saying like if you really, you know, weigh yeah. it out. Like you have to go hard it's on very, the appropriate exercise. It's pretty important,
0: and I don't know which one's more important. To be honest with you, I always say that. I think
2: I, exercise for longevity for sure.
0: I see. I always say nutrition is because, like, if you eat right.
2: Yeah, but if you just sit around all then day, out, then well, that's yeah.
0: If your, your heart's super gonna super lazy, then it, that's yeah, yeah. Well, this this brings up a actually a, modern you're day about people exercise. and
2: dogs. I feel like, and it's not to most people's fault, but most people are sedentary. Yeah, or yeah, they just don't have a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. And I get it. 100%. Everybody's busy.
0: There's actually uh, so here I go again on my studies. I love but, it. Uh, there's actually is an this is why he's I here. To, why I wanted to read this because you actually brought up a really good point.
2: No, but, I think it's very underrated, honestly.
0: Yeah, um, in uh, Dr. Dr. Connor Brady's book, he has a he outlines a study. The Anderson and Marina study of the University of Durban westville South Africa, studied 100 dogs exhibiting negative behaviors. 86% of these dogs were were dry-fed. These dogs were permitted to feed ad-lib on fresh meats, minced uh, organ, beef, chicken, tripe, and cooked vegetables. Raw, meaty bones were provided two to three times per week. Something else I want to talk about. 98% of clients reported dramatic improvement. The authors concluded that an appropriate diet coupled with restricted exercise in the case of hyperactivity is unequivocally therapeutic in treating a wide cross section of behavioral problems. Absolutely. So, so they essentially these dogs were fed were being fed dry food, but were allowed to eat when allowed to eat on just meat and organ and raw whenever meat whenever they bones, wanted to. Whenever they wanted to. Yeah and it had a huge impact well, on think, their behavior yeah. but also raw meaty bones i mean that's that's, that's another thing yeah. you know recreational bones for some dogs you know obviously we like the the knuckle bones um but
2: i think meaty bones to be specific like if you can get some bones that do have like a little bit of muscle meat on it uh, stuff like that or like a lot of marrow oh, yeah. um it's so beneficial but so stimulating so that's so primitive for your dog like That's what they would have done in the wild. Like, they would have spent most of the time foraging, moving long distances... Finding, scavenging yep. bones, scavenging
0: chewing on back, whatever. Going back to kills and um, chewing what they could off of it. I mean, think
2: yeah. about how often, you know, we take dogs out in the woods and they want to chew on sticks and they want to yeah. do whatever. It's like they are really, no. or no, they no, no, chew no. on your couch yeah. and they chew on your end table and yeah. whatever. It's like they need that stimulation yeah. for sure. Well, it's
0: funny because, I mean, obviously the, puppies. the scientific, the science behind that too is that actually, the act of chewing um, releases endorphins in their brain yes. to calm them down. It's actually a soothing it's like a soothing mechanism it's like a, a pacifier
2: yeah have you ever heard of cribbing in horses no so it's this weird thing you'd have to like watch it <laughs> i forgot to
0: tell everyone jordan's a weird horse girl <laughs> Maybe thanks not guys
2: anymore. i rode horses for 10 years growing up that makes me a weird horse so girl 100%. <laughs> um so okay no horses that spend a lot of time in a stall which would be very similar to like a dog in a crate that spends a lot of time in a crate. They get bored. They start finding things to do. If they can put their mouth on something, basically they put like their mouth around like a piece of wood or whatever and they suck in air. Like they do this weird thing with their neck and they like suck in air and it releases endorphins in their brain. And it's
0: it's, evolutionary. like
2: It's just something to do. Like it's just stimulating to them. It's just like dogs that like
0: so they're, if they're, chew on
2: their paws or something like that. It just is a, like a, a wood, neurotic behavior. So you
0: put like a wood block in their mouths or something.
2: No, so they put a collar around their neck. Oh. it's like a cribbing collar. Oh, um, or spend more time outside. Those horses need to go out to pasture and things like that. You know what I mean? They need to be exercised. I'm trying to. They're understimulated.
0: Mechanism here. This? Oh my gosh.
2: Okay, so they're in a stall. Think about a horse okay. being in a horse stall. Horse
0: in a stall, Got And
2: it. you're gonna have probably like a door or some kind of bars or something like that. And okay. there's going to be spaces between the bars. Horses' sure. noses like aren't that yeah, big, yeah, yeah. but it would just be big enough to where they can just put their teeth on it, and they basically just like <gasps> like suck in air, and it like I, probably biting? like cuts off oxygen to their brain
0: as they're biting. Well, it's just
2: like typically, yeah, they have like their mouth open a little bit. It's really weird, I've but never, yeah, it, it's that. just like a it's another like neurotic behavior. Just like yeah. dogs can get like. Chase laser lights and stuff like that. Like, you have to be really careful with chasing cars. Like, they, you know, it's just weird, but it's like the same thing. It releases endorphins in the brain. So, that's where I was going with that.
0: Yeah, no, I get it.
2: It's crazy. Fascinating. You'll Google that later.
0: (laughs) Watch some videos now. Now, my uh, Instagram will be crocodile videos and (laughs) horse caribbean videos. But I think
2: going back to that, it's important that we either we choose the stimulation. For the dog, or the dog is going to choose it for themselves, And it may not be what you want it to be. It might be your shoes, mm-hmm. or it might be your kid's toy, or whatever it may be. Um, your dog's going to probably find some level of stimulation, or not. You know what I mean? Whether we like it or yeah. not.
0: This is a good segue. Going back to
2: being proactive.
0: Yeah, this is a good segue into our... Uh, we're going to keep Jordan around, we're going to do a second episode on... Um, I don't really... It's. <laughs> I, about to say, I don't really know. It's just about a lot of things that Jordan and I talk about when we're in the shop together. Yeah. Um, it's more questions I usually have for her because uh, she has a really good sense of just dog behavior, kind of that, that relationship with us as well.
2: Stimulate your dogs, people.
0: Stimulate your dogs. Uh, you and know, feed them. A healthy brain starts in the good gut. Good stuff.
2: And it's, it can be a little bit. It doesn't have to be all in. Yep. You can start super small.
0: Yeah, I should always. I always say this. I, I don't mean to shame people that are feeding dry <laughs> food. I, we have a lot. Of, we have a lot of customers that feed.
2: Well, and uh, I was gonna food. say, as far as dry food goes, I respect that Farmina says that you need to get through their bag within six to eight weeks. So choose your size oh. appropriately. Yes. Like don't just go for bulk just because it's a uh, cost effective. Like yeah. if you have a small dog, stick with small bags because smaller is going to be fresher. Yep. Um, so if that's the way you have to go, there's still good ways to go about great it point. for sure. It's a great point. Because... And if you're doing kibble, you definitely need to be doing raw meaty bones.
0: Yes. Yeah. And some kind of goat milk, uh, some kind of... Moisture, like moisture for sure, absolutely, enzymes, something. Moisture, probiotics. Yep. But the thing about that, what she was saying about the bags, too, is a lot of people store the kibble in like a... Uh, they'll just dump it in a container. And again, that's what really affects those fatty... those like omega fatty acids that are really fragile. Not only do you get the contamination from the plastic, but you also get those those fats are really going to start to oxidize. And you're not probably not cleaning that container out every time you dump a bag in there. Absolutely so you're not. feeding your dog a bunch of rancid fats, which, again, is really going to affect their behavior over time. So thank you for reminding me about that Yeah, that's important. Um, but anyways, yep. we're not shaming people for feeding dry food. It's nope. just um, that's a good point. Get Anything bags, you can do. It's worth it, it to
1: do something. We are so proud of our sponsor today, our friends at Steve's Real Food, who helped make the Fangs and Fur podcast come true. Anthony, what do you like best about Steve's?
0: They're whole food ingredients. They don't use any synthetics, and it's real simple. When they come into Fangs and Fur, I'll always pull out a box of Steve's Real Food, and I'll show them what's in their food.
1: So come into our shop to learn more about Steve's from Anthony or visit stevesrealfood.com.
0: So to end on this, to end this podcast, I wanted kind of Jordan to talk about a good example. She's worked with a lot of dogs and seen dogs kind of transition from, I mean, you know, transition from being fed uh, processed food to to raw food. And obviously, it's not just the food that helps their behavior. It's Jordan's uh, knowledge and experience that helps them kind of get through it. But she's—I kind of wanted to uh, hear from her an experience that she had with with a dog that she saw really great improvement with.
2: This guy, his name's Earl, sweet man, (laughs) Uh, love him. He's a he's a a dog. (laughs) Uh, He's a cattle dog and was picked up off the street at like almost a year old. um, Was rescued by. First clients, now good friends of mine, and he, when I first met him, he came in for a board and train. I, at the time, was training dogs professionally. I just knew that he had some aggressive tendencies. He was already muzzle conditioned when I had met him, which means, like, obviously his behavior is pretty serious. Yeah. So, I was like, you know, of course I was excited because he was a cattle dog, but also at the same time, I'm like, dang, like, this guy, he's like maybe a year and a half two years old he's young but has some something going on for sure so he comes in i first meet him he's very stoic very stoic which to me it now my knowledge of like nutrition and behavior Mm -hmm. when i see dogs like that it's not i'm either like okay they're very very apprehensive and i first i was like is he gonna bite me and his mom was like Maybe <laughs> I was he's like, okay, well, he's, he's very, very stoic, absolutely, and I feel like I'm pretty in tune with that kind of stuff, and I just like he was hard to read, and the more I spent time with him, he he wasn't outwardly aggressive, um, so quickly took the muzzle off of him, whatever he was fine, but I just knew spending a few weeks with him that he did not feel good, he was eating Hill Science diet, he was on Apoquil. <sighs> Which is prescribed as an deep allergy breath, medication, for me. but is actually an immune suppressant for the duration of maybe the six months that they had had him at that time. He had probably been on it the whole time because he looked like he had like straight up mange when they first got him. He was in really rough shape, but then went to the flip side of then when I met him was a little bit overweight. For a small dog, weight can add up really fast too. Sure. Um, a smaller dog, and he's a medium sized dog, I would say, you know, target weight being like 35 pounds around there, I think is very appropriate for him. But he was closer to like the probably 42, 43 pounds when I first met him, which eight pounds for a dog like that, like that's a lot to be holding oh, yeah. on to extra weight like that. Oh, yeah. And eating a highly processed diet. And on a medication that's an immune suppressant. So he's, he's, he's fighting, um I literally told like, Yeah, I literally his told his parents. And, yeah. it's, it's, he's and he an just did not act like a normal dog. Yep. He didn't have a lot of expression to him. He would kinda of play here and there. It's like he you could see that he like wanted to, yep. but he like didn't know like really know how, which some of that is like because He like didn't really know how to be a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who knows what happened for his first year of life. Um, He could have just been running the streets, whatever. I talked to them about the food. We started talking about raw, whatever. And they looked at me with just the biggest eyes. And they were like, we understand when I brought up like, you know, the statistics right now with dogs and cancer, one in three dogs statistically right now will have some form of cancer in their lifetime. One in two over the age of 10. And, They had lost their previous dog to cancer. 11 or 12 years old, I want to say. Super healthy all the way up until the end. Stopped eating, something like that. Took it in, did the ultrasound. Just lit up like a Christmas tree. Just
0: ridden with cancer, yeah.
2: They put $10,000 into that dog. Mm. And he died six months later. So when I started talking about the food, they were like, we are 100% on board. And I didn't know that they had Jojo, their older dog at the time as well, which is a twelve-year-old healer Beagle, which is was very overweight. <laughs> she yeah. well, was like she was like fifty-two pounds.
0: <laughs> also, just a good point. I mean, you know, when you the highly processed food, because it is mostly predominantly, for, you know, carbohydrates, yeah. all that converts to sugar and cancer feeds on sugar. So this and is cancer is feeds one on of the sugar. Big Absolutely, why we see such an epidemic with yep. a cancer epidemic in our dogs right now. Yeah. But
2: and talking about supplementing, there's a lot of supplements like turkey tail mushroom, things like that. Yep. They're all anti cancer yeah. properties, yep. things that you can do as pro- being proactive. Yep. But back to Earl, they jumped right in. They were awesome. They came to the shop, they got on Steve's. Um, they, him and Jojo both, um, and they were already doing maybe they were doing cooked food at the time, or maybe Jojo was doing the cooked food. I can't remember. One of them was yeah. doing the cooked food, got onto the raw. Um, and I would say within. A few weeks did definitely see a difference with like, you know, good appetite, pooping less, shedding less, that kind of stuff. He still sheds really bad. Yeah. Um, he's just a monster. But I would say I told them, even though he did a 20-day board and train, it was gonna take six months to a year for yeah, them to really sure. start to see a difference in his choices and behavior and things like that it takes yeah. time you have to think about the amount of time the dogs had to when you start and you go to training now it's a different lifestyle and you're trying to kind of rewrite that muscle memory and things like that
0: yeah training and, behavior mm-hmm. diet all these things are great and you need to you need to focus on them yeah. but you also need to realize that it's not going to happen overnight but no it doesn't we're, and we're that's so why i told them in yeah. our society yep. we take a pill and the next day we're better yep um, that's um, what we want that's what we're used to or whatever yep. but that's not if you if you do it right yep um,
2: delayed gratification specifically
0: with dogs you know it's yeah it's, it's take your time like be patient yeah and,
2: and, and it is going to take time and yeah. I'm glad that people they get excited and I'm glad that they're willing to go in and they trust us and they take our advice and they, they put him on the treadmill every day. They still yeah. do.
0: He looks great. I mean, I don't so, even see him all the time. I see him occasionally. But just from, I remember seeing him from the beginning mm-hmm. to now. It's, it's yeah. unbelievable. It's, it's, it's wild.
2: Well, and just to see him and the way he acts.
0: Yeah, not just physically. I mean, he looks great. He looks he great awesome. physically. Yeah. Also, he has a neck again. He's got <laughs> a neck again. Yeah, I mean. I never realized how quickly necks can go away. Well, okay, and And I think that,
2: Mo, a lot of dogs, you know, a lot of dogs can have a little bit of tuck in their waist, but I think a lot of people would be really, really surprised to see how much dogs can hold weight up on top of their hips and up at, like, the top of their shoulders and the base of their neck. Dogs are pretty actually good at kind of, like, weight distribution throughout their body, depending on what type of dog it is. Right. Um, Some are prone to, like, the front or the back end, whatever. But, yeah, it was crazy. But, yeah, just to see his behavior and now him being able to be in public and he doesn't have to be muzzled and he will take treats from strangers and yeah. a proper interaction with some dogs he yeah. can do.
0: Sure to talk um, about on another, our next podcast. That'll be
2: yeah. the next one for sure.
0: But this um, is why it's so important to get a- –
2: just and trust, like the level of trust that him and Marshall and Kendall have together. Oh, yeah. um, well, I feel like him and, and Marshall that takes really time. Came along. Absolutely. Like, um, and they long. spend a lot of time together. Yeah. He takes that dog out and spends a lot of time with him. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's what's important is being present and taking the time to, even if it's just 10 or 15 minutes, put a leash on him, get out, practice tricks, hide some treats in your house, um, get a toy out, whatever it is. Like just engage with your dog.
0: Engage. Yeah. yeah. But this is why it's so important too to create a a team behind your dog, you know. Yeah, and like, when you
2: feed them good food, it makes everything else easier.
0: Yeah, when you have like a good trainer, behaviorist, and and a good well, veterinarian, and it's okay not to know and and someone that knows about you know nutrition, like you have all these people in their in their corner for them, like it can gosh, it makes a huge difference.
2: Don't be afraid to like do stuff,
0: get yeah, out there, connect engaged. with
2: people. Yeah. Yeah, we're do, you're doing a lot of people. that
0: lately. I've noticed, like uh, the uh, Instagram yeah. group, which no, is awesome. I, like I love it. it. It's fun. These group trainings, I think, are gonna, I think, are awesome and are a lot of fun. A lot of people want to do them. Yeah, we, even if you just go there and just have your dog hang out at a distance if they're reactive or whatever. That's yep. still that's still or huge even if they're them.
2: just overly yeah. excited.
0: Yeah, cool. Well, thanks for sharing.
2: Thank you for having me. I waited a long time to be on here, so I was really excited. I'm, yeah, um, we'll, no, I'm we'll definitely we'll looking forward to more, more episodes yeah. for sure. But no, anytime we get to talk, you know, I love well, that I you pull like up. It's like old times. I feel
0: like we do this in the shop so much, anyways, that like we should start recording. Well, it's this.
2: either us talking to each <laughs> other or us talking to customers, yeah. or you know, you're reading a book on something and then you're sending me the book on it, yeah. or I'm watching a video and I'm sending it to you. Like it's just. It
0: is funny how we receive information differently like I feel like you're much more like media like you like the live videos yeah and all that and I'm like I like the hard
2: stuff yeah I need like right the close, tangible I'm like I want to see yeah. it I want to talk about it, everything yeah. and he's like I want to read about it yeah. I need to know the study and the vet and the so school they went to but and it's a good
0: it's a good mix no I love it's it good, I love we it we get a lot of information yeah, yeah. to each other that way so no for sure well, cool well thanks again. and I mean
2: I feel like I've That's allowed me to learn so much too, because of the way you absorb. Then you get to talk about it. Then I learn. Here we are.
0: Yeah, and I do. I said it's a good way for us to kind of retain a bunch of information. What's all about? So awesome. Well, thanks again.
1: Yeah. So if you have a question that you want us to answer on our next podcast, you can find us a few different ways. You can send an email to danielle at fangsfur.com. You can find us on our website, fangsfur.com. Or you can direct message us on Instagram at fangsandfurpets.
0: The views and opinions on this podcast should not be used as an alternative to veterinary advice. We always encourage you to seek the professional advice of your vet. Before starting a raw diet, we encourage you to ask lots of questions, do your research, and speak with a qualified vet and or canine feline nutritionist.